0: everybody and welcome back to the steel city blitz steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash pittsburgh and we have finally reached the opening of the 2019 football season and games that actually matter um and um the steelers of course will open in New England against the hated Patriots, and we'll get into that and uh all the things the Steelers need to do to win. And apparently my old cat has shown up down here and is gonna meow through the entire freaking show. Uh Sweet anyway.
1: Guest
0: oh, a guest appearance. I know. The only nice thing here is I don't have to to pay him. Uh Ian uh is here from the friendly confines of Pittsburgh. Ian, how's it going tonight?
1: Very good, very good. Uh sitting here watching the bears and the Packers not know how to play offense, hoping that continues with new England since, you know, both new England and the Rams forgot how to play offense in the super bowl. Maybe that trend will just continue, you know, for the Patriots this weekend as
0: well. That is an excellent point. It is. uh, I, I too have the Packers bears, uh, season opening game on and, uh, yeah, it's a slug fest right now. Uh, seven to three Packers leading. And of course, by the time many of you hear this, it'll, it'll be over, but, uh, definitely offensively challenged uh ben uh how are things in your neck of the woods this evening just dandy just dandy uh well you know we're we're all safe and sound we want to wish everybody along the east coast uh you know the best and hang in there as uh the hurricane continues to kind of make its way up the eastern seaboard and uh Definitely a shout out to to Steelers fans that are in the Bahamas. My God, it is unbelievable the footage that is coming in from there. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, those things uh, put things in perspective very, very quickly. Before we jump into the Steelers and the Patriots and and then uh, talk a little bit about our predictions for the Steelers season tonight. I would be really, really, really remiss if I didn't mention what in the world is going on with former Steeler Antonio Brown. Uh, I, 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 Ian, could you, if somebody would have written this all out 12 months ago and given it to you and said, this is everything I see happening with Antonio Brown, would you have just laughed and said you, you can't make this up?
1: Uh, I mean, it probably would have won the Academy award for uh, best picture just because of how ludicrous it was of a story. Um, or, you know, maybe the raspberry or cranberry or whatever they call the award for worst movie, because it's just the, the, the Razzies. It's, yeah. It's- the Razzies, there you go. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious and dumb and stupid and everything all at the same time. It's a train wreck that you can't look away from. Somewhat because we're personally tied to it, you know, him being a former Steeler, but also because you know three three or five years ago, even three years ago, if you would have said Kevin Colbert traded away Antonio Brown for a third and a fifth round pick and Martavis Bryant for a third round pick. Everyone would have said you were crazy, but here we are three years later. We got two-thirds and a fifth for uh, those two guys. Uh, Martavis Bryant played eight games for Oakland, didn't score a touchdown, and uh, is now suspended indefinitely. And news came out today that Antonio Brown might get suspended by his team for not showing up, which must be some kind of record to get suspended by two different organizations in consecutive games for not showing up to practice. So, um, you know, it's been a banner week for tigers. Don't change their stripes kind of news. And uh, it is what it is.
2: uh, Yeah. Uh, I'm going to correct you there, Ian. He wasn't suspended by the Steelers. He was benched.
1: He was still paid for the week. Okay. benched. Yes.
2: Well, he should have been suspended. He should have been suspended, but he wasn't. They were trying to, they were trying to preserve some sense of, I don't know what the hell they were trying to preserve, like minimize the drama because they were hoping to get to the playoffs the next week and they didn't want a giant distraction. So they decided not to suspend him, which I understand. But there was a lot of drama in that locker room the last four weeks of the season. And it, you know, yep. most of it centered around Antonio Brown and it finally came to a head then. Anyway, I'm I'll, I'm just going to say one thing real quickly, and I'm just going to reiterate something I said when this all started months ago. You know, mm-hmm. back January, February, March. Antonio Brown is a grown ass man. He is not a marionette. He is not someone whose strings were pulled by Mike Tomlin or Ben Roethlisberger. It was not their fault that he did any of the crap he did in Pittsburgh. He's still doing it. He's still doing AB. Still going to AB, and now nobody can say. Oh, it's all because of the atmosphere in Pittsburgh and those guys and Ben's leadership style. So, you know, enjoy your crow, have a good time with that. And I'm done. Yeah.
0: Uh, Well, and, and I, I'm not going to reiterate much more. I, I just, uh, I think it's absolutely fascinating the fall of this guy in terms of, of, you know, off the field. And, um, you know, as, as we, we've said before, uh, it's incredible that he could be in a position where he could lose the $30 million. He he could actually just not even ever play for Oakland. But I know people aren't here to hear much more about Antonio freaking Brown. So it is now time to start talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers' 2019 season. And they will open in Foxborough against the Patriots. Um, Ian, last time we saw the Patriots, we defeated them. Uh I believe it was 17 to 10, not 19 to 17 as Ed Bouchette said recently. Is that correct? It was 17 to 10, yeah. That's what I That's thought. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Uh what just just basic premise ideas here. What are you looking for in in week 1 because we've been here before week 1 in New England. What what are you looking for this time around?
1: Well, to talk back to the end of last season Uh, You know, we saw a couple teams, namely the Chargers and the Saints, have success by moving their number one receiver into the slot and getting matchups against linebackers. Um, Both Mm -hmm. Keenan Allen and Michael Thomas did that with success, uh, as much as we hate to mention it. So I'd say the number one thing I'm looking for from a schematic standpoint is just not having a linebacker on Julian Edelman who will work out of the slot a lot, Mm -hmm. especially if, uh, you know, both Josh Gordon and Demarius Thomas are playing for New England
0: yeah and, and so that's, right, that's
1: probably the number one thing is just yeah don't you know don't don't cover uh cover don't cover their best receiver with a linebacker
0: and and as of right now Demarius Thomas real quick uh um has a hamstring and and I think was limited today if I'm not mistaken on the on the practice uh report but uh yeah I, I mean that that's obviously a huge thing uh, from the defensive side and we'll we'll uh uh, talk uh, extensively about that as we get going, uh, Ben. What are what are just some big idea things that that you're looking for this week uh, as we open up in New England?
2: Uh, you know, the most important thing is that they mix coverages again. Uh, that was that was what they were. I mean, in my mind, I I have faith that the the front will do its job and pressure Brady, mm-hmm. but yeah. they need they need that extra second that they got the last time. Because they were mixing the coverages constantly, and it's not like they were confusing Brady. he just right. didn't know exactly what to expect until he snapped the ball, so he didn't have a plan right away and they you know they mixed sudden bump and run yeah. along with you know with with physical press and zone, and they, they 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 disguised it pretty well too and and to me, the coverage was the thing that was key the last time because it was different. Uh, typically, what they always do is is run zone versus Brady. He loves it; he eats it up. Oh yeah. Um, he he knows where the soft spot in the zone is going to be before the ball's even snapped, and that's where he's going with the ball. And his receiver damn well better see the same thing because if he doesn't, Brady won't throw him the ball again. Uh, <laughs> so you know, yeah, I mean he's he's the he's the the enforcer, and not just the general; he's the enforcer on offense. So it's like you know, you better you better know your stuff because otherwise Brady's not giving you the ball. He'll starve you. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So I I just, I just want to see them do that again. Uh, They were successful doing that the last time. And we need to see that again to give the defensive front that extra second or so to get to Brady. And even if they don't sack him, hit him because Tom Brady does not like being hit. He does not like it at all. And when you do it, It takes him out of his rhythm, and that's where you need him to be in order to win that game. If you only give up 10 points again, you got a shot. You got a real shot at winning, especially in Foxborough. Um, If you give up 17 or 21, Mm -hmm. it might be more complicated because the Patriots are pretty good on defense, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, All, that's always an overlooked aspect. I think of the Patriots that you know we focus so much on Brady and and formerly Gronk and stuff that we we do forget that they are almost always quite sound defensively. Um, let me ask you this: I, I read a little bit about this today. Saw some rumblings and stuff. How much do you put into the fact that that our defensive line should have some success because New England's offensive line, for lack of a better term, it's been pretty much patchwork over the last week to 10 days. I mean is is there any uh, credibility to that? Some but I I think it has more to do
2: with these guys just working out kinks in week 1. It's and a lot of teams are, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're trying to figure out who's going to be where, how they're going to work together. Um it's all just like week 1 stuff. That's why a lot of when a lot of coaches lose games in week 1, they just go, "Ah, you know, it's week 1. I'm not going right. to worry about it too much." Um I'm not happy about it, but I'm not, you know, I'm not angry. It's just, it's week one. We didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't get enough of our stuff done. If uh, Belichick loses week one, he's not going to be pissed. He's not going to be happy, obviously, but he's right. not going to be like furious or disappointed. He's just going to be like, Oh, well, we didn't get enough done, you know, in, in these areas. Um, But, uh, you know, looking at, yeah. at, and I don't have a, I don't have a Patriots. Oh, there it is, there it is. So, practice report mm-hmm. for the Pats today was right. um, tight end Matt Lacoste limited, Demarius mm-hmm. Thomas mm-hmm. limited hamstring, and Obi Mel, Melifanwu, the safety, we were all a little, I don't know if, if infatuated is the right word. For we the, liked or, him when he, when he was coming out in the draft, but we liked him, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's also limited with an ankle. Uh, so you know their O line is is relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. They're just not they're just not clicking on all cylinders. Yet. It's just,
0: well, yeah, it's not a cohesive unit. Yeah, it's yeah. a little unsettled.
2: That 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 would be the way I would put it. It's not, it's a little unsettled, but those yeah. guys all know each other. You know you what know. I mean? It's not like they're going to sure. come in and you know they're a bunch of strangers. Um, and our D line is just going to have a you know a field day. I think the D line is going to have a good day because the D-line is talented. The D-line is the strength of this team right now. Mm-hmm. and It's certainly mm-hmm. the strength of the defensive unit and will be until the linebackers prove that they can look like Steelers linebackers, you know, historically. Yeah. And, and last year, they did not do that. So it's the onus is on them this year to go out and get it done.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm I'm fascinated by that. I I'm excited to see Bush. Um, you know, and I know people are kind of upset. It doesn't look like he's going to start. Blah blah blah. And you know, he, the, the kid's going to play. You know people. what, man? The, the kid yeah, is going to play. Tomlin
2: says a lot of things. I, he I, does. I'm not reading much into that. You know, nah, Tomlin's nah. just saying, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna be aware of how much he plays because of the size of the moment and the fact that he's a rookie. So I think what he's saying really is he's just going to put him on a shorter leash than he will
0: a vet. Yeah, absolutely, which I, I think we would expect in almost every situation um, similar to this. Um, Ian, uh, if we go over to the, the Steelers on offense, last year one of the plays that they were really, really successful with, and with, and, and of course fans will remember that James Conner did not play in that game and, and the load turned over to – Jalen Samuels, he had a field day on the counter. Okay. I I don't know how many total yards he ended up with just on that one particular type of play. But, you know, Bill Belichick is going to be prepared for that. He's not going to get burned twice on it. So, what do the Steelers do? Do they go back to the idea of, well, I'm going to do it and make you stop it, or I'm just going to figure out different ways to do it? If you're the Steelers, how do you approach that?
1: Well, I think having both Connor and Samuels, you can kind of sprinkle them both in and mix it up and play matchups a little bit more will help. The Steelers were somewhat limited in the personnel they were able to deploy the first time against New England just because, as you mentioned, James Connor wasn't there. Now they'll have that option. The last podcast we had, we talked a little bit about them potentially using a pony backfield with both Connor and Samuels in it, uh, which, you know, could get you into some matchup, uh, you know, Matchup problems for the defense, yeah. I'll say, with two running backs that are both capable receivers. Uh, Jalen Simmons, I know he's a little deficient in the blocking department still, but reminds me a lot of Moelde Moore. He's a guy who could give you a big game from time to time. He's much better running outside than he is inside. He's not mm-hmm. a between the tackles kind of runner, but he's also a very capable receiver um, and can help you out in that way, too. So he's not as good of a blocker as Moelde Moore was, but still kind of a, a similar type player. Um, you know, not not your traditional third yeah. down scat back like a Darren Sproles, but more of a, a Muelday Moore that could give you twenty carries a game like he did against New England the first time around. Um the other thing is that the Steelers were able to have some success throwing the ball over the middle of the field in that game too, um both to yeah. slot receivers, yeah. to tight ends. So um that's a that's a place we can exploit because New England does have two very good corners. In uh, Gilmore and McCordy. so they they are very capable of taking away things on the outside. Um, you know, I can almost guarantee they're going to double Juju on the outside and basically make someone else beat them, which is well, what it, Belichick does best. He makes exactly. you, he takes away your number one weapon and makes someone else beat you. Yeah, right. that, that's
2: that's where I was going to go with it. Uh, the last time what Belichick tried to do is take away a B, and he almost challenged the Steelers. He dared them to run the ball with a lot of seven man fronts, and so mm-hmm. they went. All right. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to keep stacking them up this way, we're just going to keep running it till you can stop it. Uh, if the Pats don't come out with that same kind of a look, I wouldn't expect to see a lot of, of running plays like that. And I know there are going to be a lot of fans – if the running game doesn't have a, doesn't have success right out of the gate especially going you know oh why aren't you running it with Samuels like last time why aren't you blah, blah, blah. because <laughs> because the look is different because the look is different
0: yes and and so, it's an entirely different season with different right, personnel yeah right. yeah
2: well the offensive line is still the same and the offensive well, line is what made that happen last year yeah. so again Steelers lines very talented, and I think that's mm-hmm. why they'll have success because they are very talented as a group. Um, now, that I think that, like I said before, the Pats' defense is pretty good, especially in the defensive backfield. So I don't expect Ben to have a heyday throwing the ball on Sunday night, but I do expect him to be effective and have time – to get the ball where he needs to get it. And I agree with Ian throwing it over the middle is, is Mm -hmm. probably going to be a lot more appealing as an option than throwing outside the numbers. Uh, And, and yeah, like I said, a minute ago, if, if they, if they keep giving it, if they show them a seven man front and there's an option to audible to a run play or a counter, or even just bashing it straight up up the middle, Mm -hmm. I, I see that happening.
0: I do. Well, let me address the the throwing over the middle thing because obviously that that can be a tight end, that can be a wide receiver, that can be a running back, and so on. But but let me go to the tight ends who would most often, most frequently, be featured there. Um, it, it, with the weak depth, uh, Ian, I'll throw this to you first. With, with the weak depth that the Steelers have there, um, do, do you assume that they're just going to kind of scrap? Uh, any multiple tight end sets or if they do, they'll use them minimally and just it'll be basically uh, Vance McDonald and, and, you know, your typical uh, uh, 12 personnel here, uh, excuse me, 11 personnel. Um, what, what do you see happening with the, the, the issues with the tight ends?
1: I think using 11 personnel is definitely the way to go also because that forces kind of forces new England into spreading out their defense, bringing in a nickel package, um, not stacking the box. And that was where Samuels had a lot of success running. The ball was out of 11 personnel last year where you only had one tight end, one running back on the field, got the wide receivers out wide spread new England's defense a little bit. And he was able to hit the seams a little bit more. Um, That being said, Um, I I actually think that if we see a a multiple tight end look on the field, Mm -hmm. there's a very good possibility that we see someone like Chooks Akorafor, um, in there as your extra blocking tight end uh, rather than Zach Gentry, um, especially Gentry. I think I mean Grimble will get a helmet. He'll probably play a handful of snaps here and there. Um, but I I think I think they're going to use basically a sixth offensive lineman as a tight end. Um, are are you trying to imply running downs?
2: Are you trying to imply that, that Gentry can't block?
1: I mean, I think we've pretty much stated that profusely multiple times. I, I don't think there's much implication there.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, you, yeah. you can go that route, but, but Vance McDonald actually can block. And yes, he can. He
1: can, yes.
2: That versatility makes him more of a threat in my mind. If If you're an 11 personnel, if you're not, well, then it changes things.
0: Uh, you are listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26 shirts dot com slash Pittsburgh. And uh, right now you can get the brand new P is for Pittsburgh shirt uh from the guys at 26. And uh eight bucks from every single shirt sold goes this time around to the American Cancer Society of Pennsylvania. So obviously a worthwhile cause that uh everybody listening is fully aware of and understands the need for. Uh, cancer research and monies towards that and everything else. So please consider getting yourself a very comfortable and stylish shirt and doing some good stuff at the same time. Um, Ben did, did you want to address further the the tight end thing or are you pretty well set with with what they're heading into because I I know you like all of us we've wanted to see some action there and, and but but you've but the last 2 or 3 weeks you've been pretty resigned to the fact that you don't think anything's going to happen there right
2: no nothing's going to happen although they did try to claim um they tried to claim Ricky Seals Jones Ricky from the Cardinals so they obviously thought there was an upgrade to be had yeah. for a Zach Gentry, but they're not going out and trying to sign anybody that was cut that that's a free agent, which I don't entirely understand. So they either have decided that it's not worth investing in the third tight end, a third team tight end, mm-hmm. that the kind of money that the guys that are free agents, that are street free agents are going to command, or they've decided those guys just either aren't that reliable or aren't that good. They just don't have the value the Steelers want at that position. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I was resigned to it because for whatever reason, James Daniel likes Zach Gentry. I think he's obviously broken into the medical marijuana because that's what's legal in Western <laughs> Pennsylvania, but you know, uh, he likes him and, uh, there are some rumblings that Ben, you know, he likes having that tall red zone target yeah, too. Yeah. So, But the guy has suspect hands and he can't that, block a lick and yeah. he can't run routes well and he can't, he doesn't do anything well as far as, I mean, he's like a very, 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 very poor man's Matt Spaeth because at least Spaeth could block. He could. So, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't see the attraction myself, but yeah, I don't see him uh, okay. doing anything there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, uh, in that, in that boat now myself. Um, Ian, uh, there is some discussion that uh, Sean Davis might be injured. And uh, even if he does play, he's not going to be Cam Kelly's season. Yeah. Here we go with Cam Kelly, a guy that, that a lot of us were rooting for to make this team because Everything that we had backing up Sean Davis was was for lack of a better term, it wasn't desirable. Okay. Terrible. Yeah. I mean Jordan Dangerfield, you know, you're a wonderfully hard worker guy, but but no, we can't have you back there. Marcus Allen, you're on the practice squad. Uh we Thank we God. needed <laughs> we needed somebody that had some capabilities and and okay, here comes Cam Kelly, this guy that played for the San Diego fleet of the AAF and played at San Diego State. I've been impressed with him. I think he does a nice job. I've been really impressed with him up around the line of scrimmage. I don't know if you guys noticed the, the, the few tackles that he's made up there. Uh, you know, So where are you, Ian, with your level of confidence on him if it's got to be Cam Kelly?
1: I think at least in the preseason, Kelly kind of proved himself to be capable of being out there and deserving of the spot. That being said, uh, Tom Brady is going to go after whatever the weak point is on the defense. If it's yeah. a first time starter in Cam Kelly, he's yeah. going to after him. If it's, um, you know, Devin Bush playing in his first NFL game, you know, maybe getting a communication mm-hmm. a split second late or reacting a split second too slow. He's going to go after him. Um, Brady, doesn't discriminate in who he throws the ball to he throws the ball to the open guy um you know i mean it may seem like he's out there targeting julian edelman and james white all the time but that's because those are the guys who are open and they do things to scheme guys open probably better than any other team in the league um except maybe new orleans uh Mm -hmm. does well to scheme guys open offensively um so it's just one of those things where You know, Brady's going to go after your weak points. Um, He went after Anthony Smith in 2007 when Anthony Smith said (laughs) that uh, their streak was going to be over. I mean, I hate to bring it up, but it's, it's, you know, you have to pass this precedent. It's, um, you know, Brady's going to go after the weak points on your defense. He's going to take shots deep, especially in New England. He's going to take shots deep um,
0: and you just have to be ready for that. Yeah. Oh, how do I Ben? Where where are you on Cam Kelly? I mean, uh, uh, you know, does does his presence and in, in the lack of Sean Davis does that impact what the Steelers wanted to do as far as you know they they, they liked that three safety look a little during the preseason and in some trading camp stuff? I mean, what what is this going to do if it is Cam Kelly? Not a lot.
2: Uh, I think that Kelly watching him, he looks to me like a free safety only. Where yeah. Uh, with Sean Davis, you get a little more versatility, but you also have versatility with Mark Barron where he can play Dimebacker, but he can also play strong safety. So if you need to, you need a three safety look, you can leave Barron out there and leave him in the Mm -hmm. box and you can play Edmonds a little deeper. And then Cam Kelly is a free and you know, it it works out. It's okay. And, and I don't think that Edmonds is great in coverage, Um, I think he he has some mental lapses sometimes and and peeks into the backfield rather than than staying with the receiver, but he's not awful either. And he's, he's got really great makeup speed. If he's in a position to make Mm -hmm. a play to, to taunt the quarterback into throwing it at a guy that maybe has half a step, he's actually got the makeup speed to catch up and make a play on the ball. So I think we're okay there, uh, even if Davis doesn't play, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'd like to see a little more of Cam Kelly, but I'm not
0: I'm not overly right. concerned there. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, you know, anytime you're starting a new guy, I think there's some level of concern, and of I think it ra- rises a little bit when it's Tom Brady on the other side, but... Um, I feel like they've had enough time. I feel like the prep is there. It's week one. If this were going into a playoff game, I think I'd be really, really concerned. But I'm not going to go to that uh, uh, extent just yet. Um, Ian, Chris Boswell had a very nice training camp and a very nice preseason. He did everything he needed to do to win his job back. Um, Do you feel pretty good about him uh, kicking on Sunday night? uh getting his old form back
1: i am very hopeful i will still be extremely (laughs) nervous anytime he walks up to the ball but i'm 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 hopeful that um you know he worked through whatever nagging injury he had i think he had an off-season surgery um so he had you know an injury that he was trying to play through last year obviously he was pushing all of his kicks a lot of them were uh you know uh being pushed well right um This year, yeah, this year it didn't seem at all, in the preseason at least, like he was pushing his kicks. He was hitting a lot of them straight down the middle. Um, so I think, you know, that's that's a good sign. I didn't see any signs of him pushing kicks this year. Um, and it's, you know, if he's got the mechanics back, then we all know he has the intestinal fortitude to be a very good, very clutch kicker. Um, so he, he's he got it in him. He's done it before. I'm hopeful but until I actually yeah. see him do it in the regular season, in those big moments,
0: I'm probably going to be a little bit skeptical. It, it, it is fascinating how, how far we've come because, you know, when Chris Boswell used to step up to a kick, I don't think many of us even thought twice about it. And and now I, I think that many of us get these heart palpitations and, and, you know, obviously we want him to make every kick and we want him to be successful and, uh, cause it, it means so much for us and the team, but, uh, man, I'm telling you, um, until he pounds a, a regular season kick through, I don't know that I'm going to settle down any year. <laughs> um, Ben, uh, as we kind of wind things down and we'll, we'll get, I want to get your, your full season predictions, both of you too, for the Steelers and, and, uh, the NFL and stuff. But, um, it, it, as far as Sunday night, um, I, I'm going to tell you right now, the Steelers win, what guy has a big game for the steelers to to get them that w what, what what's that one guy that that you know will be uh talked about on monday morning uh i'm going to say two guys tj
2: watt and javon hargrave wow. i i think that hargrave when he gets in 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 the passing defense is going to be a guy who's going to pressure brady who's going to he's going to win those one-on-one matchups and he's going to be in Brady's face. And Brady does not like that. Nope. And then Watt from the outside is coming and he looks better this year. And he, he practiced and he played in all the way through the preseason this year where Mm -hmm. last year, he kind of had a slow start because he missed a lot of time early on. Um, And he missed some this year at the very beginning, the, 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 uh, the pulled hamstring well strained tweaked whatever you want to call it he felt some hamstring tightness in the conditioning runs they put him on pup for what five days Eh, yeah it
0: was roughly a
2: week yeah yeah um so yeah i guess he missed some time but he just he looks better to me he Mm -hmm, looks mm -hmm. it looks cleaner it's more crisp it's it looks like he's got a plan He's there aren't a lot of wasted movements, you know. Where when he was a rookie, there were a lot of wasted movements. He was just a high <laughs> motor guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so
2: I, those are the two guys I'm looking forward to seeing. And then I think you know on defense, I think Ben, I think Ben, based upon what he's he's saying and acting and doing, he is really happy right now with where this sure team seems is. To be. Yeah, yeah. So.
0: Yeah, Uh, and and Ian, I would give you the same question. Uh, You you wake up Monday morning, you're smiling because you know the Steelers have opened with a a big win over New England. Uh, Who's that one guy you're going to be, you know, reading about? Well,
1: Ben partially took my answer because I was going to say T.J. Watt, so I'll, I'll partially piggyback on him and say Stefan to it because we all know what Cam Hayward's going to bring. But yeah. I think Ben and I are kind of in agreement that someone else on that defensive line has to step up and get interior pressure up the middle. So whether that's to it, whether that's Hargrave, uh somebody's got to do it. Um and, and if the Steelers are going to be successful in slowing down the Patriots offense, they have to get interior pressure on Brady. Um on the other side of the ball, since we all talked about defensive players, I'm just going to say kind of whoever the number two option is in the receiving game, whether that's Dante Moncrief, who really didn't do a whole lot in the preseason, um, whether that's James Washington, who did a lot in the preseason, but a lot of it was with uh, Mason Rudolph being quarterback, uh, yeah. whether that's Vance McDonald, somebody, somebody's somebody got to step up because they're going to try and take Juju away. So um, whoever that number two option is, and, and maybe it's even Ryan Switzer over the middle, having you know one of those seven eight catch 90 yard games where all he does is just you know pick up first downs get eight nine yards of catch but it it moves the chains and gets things done so um you know whoever whoever the number two option becomes on offense at least for this game and it may change game to game but i think that's that's got to be the story on offense and someone on the defensive line has to step up because like ben said Watts coming from the outside Watt looks awesome um, but they need that interior pressure too
0: yeah, and, you know, in and, and as far as that secondary receiver, you know, my guy offensively, I I, I think it's Vance McDonald this week. I think number one, he's got to be a good blocker. He's got to be able to to set the edge out there. Um, so so that Connor can can get around him if necessary or or get you know on his inside and, and and he can get that defensive end or linebacker turned outside and then of course obviously receiving I I think he's you know he's become a bit of a security blanket for Ben and I think that has to continue I would love to see him have kind of that you know six seven eight catch you know 70 80 yard game um, and and defensively you know I'm just going to to flip it uh, from you guys, and I'm going to say it. I can't believe I'm saying it. I, Bud Dupree has looked pretty good in the preseason. He looked <laughs> better than we thought. I'm. I know. I can't believe I'm saying it. You know what, Bud? I, I, when, when has Bud ever had a bad preseason? Well, no. I, I look. I get it, and and I am. I am doing the whole optimistic thing here. Yeah. I I am hopeful. What the biggest thing I saw with Bud this preseason? I didn't see the huge arc that looked like he was going out and around traffic, you know, in a parking lot. I didn't I did. see that as much. I did, huh? but I I did see that. But I the thing I I
2: did see that he added was an inside move where he's setting guys up for the, yeah. the wide set. And as soon as they as soon as they commit to that wide set, he's cutting inside. He's using his quickness, which is great. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's laudable, and I appreciate the fact that Bud is finally doing that. But I need to see a lot more before I believe in Bud Dupree.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and believe me, even if he does play well, that doesn't mean I'm going to sit here and start banging the drum to try to re-sign him uh, in, in 2020. I'm just simply saying I think it's, it's now or never. If he doesn't do it now, then it's definitely never, uh, period, Re- under report.
2: Remember you know? Bud Dupree last year, week one, the game he had? And everybody going, oh my god, Bud Dupree! He's
0: gonna have- yes,
1: yeah,
0: Are you kidding me? Well, I, you know, I, I'm hopeful. I'm I'm doing my best to send good vibes to Bud Dupree. That, that's that's yeah. what I'm here for. Well, I'm I'm here to urinate on your parade. Oh man, you know, <laughs> just come on, Bud. Just get me some sacks, man. Maybe a pick. I don't know. Uh, all right, it is now um, season prediction time, Ian. Uh, where do you have the Pittsburgh Steelers finishing the 2019 season? This uh, on paper is a pretty daunting schedule, um, but but you've had a chance to look at it. Where are you?
1: Uh, I'm going to say 10 and six. Um, you know, there's definitely some losses on there. There's some good teams, but there's also some. Travel dates to the West Coast, which I've talked ad nauseum about and written about every year and will continue to write about every year until it changes, that Mike Tomlin has the most bizarre splits based on time zones where he's won 70 plus percent of his games in the Eastern time zone, whether that's home or away. Uh, but then when he goes out west, it's just absolutely atrocious. And it's like yep. nothing we've ever seen before in Steelers' history. So um, I would not at all be surprised to see us lose games to weird West Coast teams that we are clearly better than, like San yep. Francisco. Um, I have a hard time seeing us losing in Arizona, but you never know. Um, <laughs> and we've got a trip to Los Angeles as well against a very good Chargers team. So I'm going to say 10 and 6.
0: Okay, 10 and 6 uh, and uh will that be good enough to win the AFC North for you? Yes, it will be. Um okay. I think I, I really
1: struggle to see either Cleveland or Baltimore as a team better than 9 and 7. Um I mean, I think they're both in that sort of 9 and 7, 8 and 8, 7 mm-hmm. and 9 mm-hmm. type range. Cincinnati is absolutely awful. So I mean, that's two wins for everybody right there. You'd um, think so. But <laughs> you think so? We would hope. Yeah um that being said you know i i really everyone's all hyped up on cleveland they only beat one team with a winning record last year baker yeah. choked in the biggest moment of the season um and maybe i'm a little bitter because we needed him to step up so that we, we can play, the playoffs. Hey, be, but be still bitter. i get it yeah Everyone, you know, everyone's hyping the Browns because they're good on paper. It came out today that Odell Beckham still has hip issues and can't run at full speed. So, yep. um, you know, I I really don't see them as better than nine and seven. I don't think the Ravens are better than nine and seven. Um, you know, maybe maybe we have all three teams finish right in that you know nine and seven to eight and eight type range, which is extremely possible. But mm-hmm. I think ten ten wins
0: will be enough to win the division. Okay, and uh, Ben, I'm going to flip it over to you. What do you got uh, the 2019 Steelers? What do you got them finishing at? Well,
2: I had 10-6, and and then Andrew Luck decided he was going to retire. And I was like, okay, that's another win, 11-5. and And I'm rolling with that. And I agree with Ian. There are going to be some disappointing losses. Uh, That that game in San Francisco is actually the first game I've circled as a loss. And, you know, I predicted earlier this week – the Steelers are going to win their first two games and then, you know, lay an egg in San Francisco and lose to an ON2 team and, and the fans will all turn on them and it'll be awful, you know, yeah. for us. We're going, I that's yeah, great, predictable. But um yeah, that that's kind of what I see. And it's just I I look at at their history and that Chargers game, that really that worries me a lot too. Yeah. Arizona doesn't worry me as much. I don't know why they tend to play better there, and it's also a December game. Usually by December, they're firing on all cylinders.
1: Yeah, so true. I'm
2: not super concerned about that one. Um, but I you think know,
1: because Arizona's in a dome, and they always play well in domes, whereas yeah. like Oakland has that yeah. shitty grass. San Francisco <laughs> has that weird field, um, yeah. Seattle's just a tough place to play. Yeah, so I, I think it's because Arizona's in a dome that they play well there. Yeah.
2: Anyway, you know, there are going to be some games that we're going to be pissed about that they're going to lose. they will probably split with the Ravens again because they always flip and do, Mm -hmm. which pisses us all off every damn year. Um, So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm going with 11 and five. They win the division. I do not buy Cleveland as a playoff team this year. Um, I know a lot of people do. I think you guys are nuts. I think they're a year away. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield needs to eat a little crow, and and I don't think he's going to. You know, um, mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. that he he believes that if he manufactures enough confidence that he can make the people around him confident, and no, all they're going to do is just stop believing in him because no matter what, in the face of adversity, he's like,
0: well, we're still gonna we're gonna
2: stump you. Yeah, <laughs> you got your butts kicked last week. Knock it off. Um, You know, it's just false bravado. You know, know, eventually that wears off. It runs thin and you lose teammates. You got to talk about the things you're doing right and the things you're doing wrong and improve upon those things week over week. I don't think he's a good leader yet. So that's where I'm at with them. Uh, The Ravens are a little scary because they are going to be. They're going to be new defensively yeah. defensively you know it's still going to be that same defense we've seen over and over again new faces in certain yep. certain spots but that same defense we've seen over and over again offensively you know i don't it, it could be anything I, I i don't know what they're going to run uh, the quarterback option um uh you know it could be anything yeah uh, i i'm really I'm really wondering what the deal with that's going to be and how, how to scheme against it. You know, we've certainly got fast players on, uh, on defense that can chase down a guy like Lamar Jackson, but he's a really good athlete and he's bulked up. He has fortunately for us, Lamar Jackson is still a terrible passer. He's horribly inaccurate. So he'll probably cough up a few picks over the course of the, of the year, but Mm -hmm. You know, no matter what, it's always a tough place to play, and it's always a tough game, and I think we're probably going to split with them. Cincinnati, I agree with Ian. Uh, there's still no love lost between the two teams, and they suck. They are just awful. <laughs> and they, you know, welcome to drafting the top five again every year because that's where you're going to be this year. You that,
0: <sighs> Achilles Smith, Kajana Carter, all yeah. over again. Yeah, I, I'm right in the same ballpark with you guys. I, I got 10 and 6. I think they win the division. Um, I, I, Ian couldn't have said it better. I think you are looking at Cleveland and, and Baltimore, I think anywhere from, you know, really 7 and 9, 9 and 7, somewhere in there would be the high end. Um, you know, I, I do not ultimately see the Steelers getting to the Super Bowl I think there's just there's just too much talent you know in a couple other areas uh of the of the AFC but you know you just never know um it's all about getting into the tournament as they say and uh I think the Steelers will do that and um I, I just I like the direction of this team I like what's going on and and I'm I'm very excited to see what happens I mean just just because there's less drama doesn't doesn't automatically mean W's but it sure does go a long way towards helping. So um, enjoy the game on Sunday night, everybody. Hopefully we end up with uh, a big W in New England. It would be a tremendous way to start the season um, to to give the defending champs a a big old L there. So uh, that's it for tonight, and uh, thank you to Ian, thank you to Ben, and thank you, of course, to 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh for sponsoring us, saying, hey, go Steelers.